Hello, welcome to the Big Scuba Show. A big welcome. Take a walk through history with us at Portsmouth Historic Harbour. Seeing famous ships such as HMS Warrior, Victory and the UK's newest aircraft carrier, the Prince of Wales. Ian and Gemma are here to attend the new 4D experience at the Mary Rose Museum. Dive the Mary Rose. Today's episode is sponsored by Narked at 90, so let's find out a bit more about them. Narked at 90, their tagline has been beyond technical, which describes them pretty well. John Routley and Brent Hudson launched the company over 20 years ago. They are both technical divers who have logged thousands of mixed gas dives between them over a 30-year period. Using their engineering know-how and diving expertise have developed bespoke personal, commercial and military diving equipment and products of a universally recognised unparalleled calibre. Their ability to be adaptive and versatile with their developments led them to support the NHS during COVID. Using their superior knowledge of breathing and oxygen monitoring systems to help develop emergency ventilators. They also design and supply the sneaky stuff used by defence-based development groups throughout the Western world, although they can't tell us much about that. If you're thinking of moving across to tech diving or completely new to diving, Narked at 90 can advise and guide on the best equipment and setup for your personal or commercial requirements. Narked at 90 have unparalleled experience of shearwater dive computers and are the longest serving and sole and UK European service centre for those. They are happy to offer technical support, servicing, repairs and upgrades to all shearwater computers, past and present. Narked at 90 stock shearwater computers, but are also stockers and technical support centre for many other manufacturers, including Divesoft, JJCCR, Hollis, Revo and Kiss Rebreathers. Based centrally in the UK, Narked at 90 also offer full rebreather head servicing for selected manufacturers. Bespoke cable assemblies. Advice on specific fitting requirements. Suggestions and guidance for home builds. Computer laser cutting and engraving. Pressure testing to simulate 400 metre dives. So, Narked at 90, a reputation built on supporting both manufacturers and divers worldwide. Go to narkedat90.com and make sure you are following their social media to keep up to date with their latest news and offers. Narked at 90, large enough to cope, small enough to care. Right, this episode's being recorded. (laughs) Are you ready? Yes. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Big Scuba Podcast. I am your dive master. My name is Ian and I am also the one of the co-hosts of this podcast and... With me in Pakefield, uh, coughing her way through the podcast is... Hello, it's Gemma here. So yes, a bit under the weather, but not too bad. We're both under the weather. <laughs> yeah, I've still got these blooming colds. Um, yeah. Although mine seems that it's on the way out. Mind you, last time we recorded, it seemed like it was on the way out. And You're still a bit nasally. Still, yeah. <laughs> I'm still uh, a bit breathless. nose is absolutely full. It's just... And I, I think I even sound croaky still. Yeah, you um, do sound. You don't sound. So, yeah. Um, You've got your radio voice on. <laughs> got <my> radio. Hello, <laughs> even calling. 
<laughs> oh, what was that program we used to what that used to be on? Uh, nighttime. Yeah, he had people yeah. phoning in, didn't Jack. he? And he used to solve murders, wasn't it? And, yeah. uh, and then he'd at the end of the um, we should do this. He used to uh, at the end of every episode, there was a, a little moment about talking about life or something like a little word of wisdom, a, a little end, nugget of something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. have to look it up and see what it's called. So. <laughs> Let us know if you used to watch that, <laughs> showing your really age. Cool. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, this is episode 149. Yes. Um, so we are going to talk to you today about uh, Dive the Mary Rose, the 4D experience, part mm-hmm. of the, uh, Mary Rose Museum. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a different one for you because we've got some uh, recordings of some interviews uh, that we did actually while we were there. It's very nice. And we also say thank you to um sally T- tyrrell and uh the mary rose museum uh for inviting us and mm. uh, for for letting us to come along and uh join everybody uh who was there that night um and celebrate the museum and its new experience yeah there were certainly a lot of people there um people involved in the museum and people from the original dive team yeah uh, uh, absolutely brilliant and such a privilege to uh be there and uh talk to these guys because you know they were there they were there mm. you know even before it was ever lifted up yeah yeah it's just a an amazing experience to you know think all these people yeah and one of the guys we spoke to what was he 83 yeah yeah and um we need to actually offer an apology um to ted um, so Ted Clamp um, was a, I believe, safety diver, and he was like the head of the the diving at the time. And uh, from what I understand, ruled the roost. Um, He's ex navy or navy, a navy yeah, guy. Yeah, very as well, strict from what, what I hear, but but strict and fair, and yeah. you know, health and safety and all that. And um, we did a recording with Tem with Ted. But unfortunately, um, we just couldn't salvage it. It was uh, there was just so much noise going yeah. on at the time, wasn't there? Yeah, uh, but, but giving giving him the credit, he was just a stunning guy to talk to. Um, thoroughly, yeah, and immersed. Quite a character. In... Quite a character. Mm. Uh, we do hope that we can um, maybe get some more time with Ted um, in the future and bring you a, a recording with Ted. Yeah, yeah. Um, because he has got a lot to say and offer. <laughs> um, and uh, I thought it was a lovely moment. Um, there were some speeches by uh, Dominic Jones, the chief executive, and Nigel Persh, the chairman, who there'll be their speeches will be um, in this episode coming mm-hmm. up a bit later on. Uh, and at, right at the end, Ted starts a three cheers. So yeah, hip hip hooray, well. wasn't it? Yeah, Indeed. very Indeed. Um, maritime that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's lovely. And um, so we speak to uh, people who were part of the team. Colin Fox, um, who was a part of the dive team. Yeah, uh, Colin Fox has also done quite a few things with the museum, um, and also there's quite a few things um, if you look him up where he's uh, talked about the history. Uh, Berget, is it Berget Norwich? Yeah, um, yeah. So she was more, she was a diver, but more involved in the archaeology side of things. That's right. Yeah. And then you've got Leslie Runnels, Dr. Leslie Runnels, 
who uh, was also a, she's a diver, women divers hall of fame, won the first. Yeah, the, yeah, she blew us away when she told us that, didn't she? And yeah. she then went on to become a doctor after her diving, and because she was so inspired by the marine side of things. And she had another life yeah. as well, didn't she? A really exciting life up in the sky. Yeah. yeah, she was a um, air hostess in Concord. Yeah. How awesome is that? Yeah, so just these amazing characters that you can find in the most <laughs> amazing yeah. you know, situations. Yeah, and then we speak to Dr. Alex Hildred, um, who you who we spoke to before. She's been on earlier podcasts uh, with us. And also, um, if you've been watching and following Ross Kemp with his uh, new series, uh, she features on the first episode when yes. uh, he dives the Mary Rose. Yeah, uh, and he and brings, she uh, looks at the um, finds that he's found on the seabed. So Yeah, yeah, which is quite funny because she's like, well, th yeah, that's that's recent stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah so, but it was nice to see her appear on that. And uh, it ties it all in really nicely because obviously we've just recently released a podcast with Ross Kemp about yeah. Deep Sea Treasure Hunter, uh, the new series on Sky History Channel. And uh, and we're just finishing off this episode uh, with the Mary Rose 4D experience. Uh, talk about Ross. What yeah. Have you, been, have you watched any of them? I've watched a couple of them. So obviously the very first one with the Mary Rose. So yeah. that was, yeah, great. And obviously um, then I think he did some diving in the Red Sea, didn't he, as well? Yeah. So, We've had various comments, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. But the actual podcast that we had with Ross was really um, entertaining. He was a yeah, really nice was chap. Brilliant. Yeah, I thought he was spot on and uh, really on form, actually. Yeah. And, um, and he is definitely uh, an ambassador for UK diving, definitely. Yeah. 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 Especially about the history as well. Yeah, I think he, the way it comes across, he is not just there to um, be a diver. He's there to talk about the history and about the experience of that boat, ship, wreck, tank, whatever he's diving on and how it came to be there, which, yeah, and you watch these programs and you learn something. It's not yeah. just about the, yeah, there is the drama and about the diving, but there is a lot to take away, even if you're not a diver. Uh, it, it's a it, there's a balance to be had i i think when i and you know we've had comments where people will say well you know um that is diving and things like that and and i i get that mm. uh, but all the way through and in our podcast um to be fair to ross ross has said he's an amateur diver um he is there's much more professional and better divers out there and bigger divers out there than him, you know, yeah. but that's not the point. The point, <clears> is, <throat> as you said, you know, his bringing to the masses, divers, non-divers, uh, into their, he gets a, a show of what, 40 minutes mm. to cram in diving and the history and the background of a certain wreck. Yeah, that's right. And we've got to appreciate that, he is not just diving for pleasure in this series. No, he is diving yeah. there in front of the camera and he has got to think he's there as the front facing person, diving, talking, coping with diving, checking air, buoyancy, everything. So he has got a lot more to deal with than us recreational divers. Yeah. It's, it's a bit like, um, what, do, why do people watch former one? 
You ever thought about that? Why do people watch Formula? And that's often because they like to see a few spills and thrills and the excitement. Yeah, you know, drama, you know, crashes. Drums, yeah. You know, and if you <coughs> Ross Kemp, and I don't know, this is true. I, I'm only guesstimating from what I've seen and listening to Ross. You know, if you went to someone like Sky and say, oh, I, I want to dive on these wrecks, right? What's, what's one of the questions they're going to ask? Right, okay, well, that's all really good, but how are you going to make that appeal to the masses? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. divers, we're already sold because we like diving. So yeah. we're an easy market, right? But how are you going to appeal to somebody who's just flicking through the channels? Yeah, and at the end of the day... not a diver, never mm-hmm. been underwater, not particularly interested in going underwater, but how are you going to get them to actually watch a history programme? Yeah. Which involves some diving. And it, it is about numbers and it is about getting that audience and build, you know, having a huge audience. And that means that you've got to have all the elements that make people sit on their backsides on their sofa and watch the series. You have. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, diving is a niche sport. Uh, they, I know there's millions of people that dive dive in the in the community and what have you, but compared to a lot of sports diving is a niche sport whether we like mm-hmm. it or don't and um and we've been told this haven't we by yeah. by certain I... parties you know <laughs> um you know because it's a niche part it's a niche sport and that's that and as a um try to try and get to sell that as a niche sport to people uh such as sky and other companies who are going to support it and make a thing me you've got to dramatize stuff you've got yeah. to do stuff you've got to make it appeal wider than the actual dive in itself i.e talk about the history you know mm. relate it to you know as, as ross has done to his family um and bring in experts and and look at wrecks which offer those sort of, such as the Thistlegorm, such yeah. as diving in Normandy, such as the the, the Mary Rose, you mm. know. Yeah, um, so I think, you know, everybody have a look at it, let us know what you think, um, but I think you've got to have an open mind when you watch it, and yeah, if, if you are a diver and, you know, think that there is a lot more to what you're... He has some tough, some, I think, to be fair, they have some tough dives because he's not pleasure diving he's diving with (coughs) you know with tank multiple tanks Mm. in deepish water uh not always clear yeah open water full face masks you know which can have the odd problem and you've got to also think about where's the camera i've got now think of something intelligent and interesting to say to camera the whole time while you're holding buoyancy and being in yeah. a point where you can be seen not always yeah. easy so uh you know but we ought to say thanks to ross for doing these programs because it does help broaden the message and hey some of you might watch that and go hey this diving luck oh what mm. give that go? yeah so it, it, it is good yeah so, so but yeah it does it just nicely fits in with the mary rose and yeah how we've been involved in seeing the 4D experience before it opened to the public. What did you think to the 4D experience? Really enjoyed it. It was, yeah, yeah interactive. You know, your seats vibrate. You feel the wind on your face. You do. Bubbles come from the ceiling. 
Yeah, and um, Alex Hildred does some of the narration as the diver. And uh, yeah, it's great because Ross, you can... He, Ross he does. does, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so definitely, if you've got any time, um, you know, school holidays or weekends away, head to Portsmouth. There's the Mary Rose Museum, but there's also the whole historical dockyard with all different oh, attractions. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, an amazing place, Portsmouth, and there'll be you know, so much to keep you yeah. occupied for a couple of days. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely so, worth going to. But if you're going to go to um, the maritime area, head to the Mary Rose Museum first. Absolutely. <laughs> so. so coming up um, next, so we've got some the speeches that were made, um, again, by Dominic Jones, Chief Executive, Nigel Purse, Chairman. Um, you know, they were recorded in a hall full of loads of people um, and, you know, we're towards the back. So yeah. bear with the, you know, bear with the quality um but that is what it is we're bringing that those recordings to you um you know yeah as they are. It, it was a roving report it's not it wasn't in studio conditions was it it's so not, but exactly. we're just really thankful for the people that we interviewed and you know yeah. thanks for inviting us to the uh evening event and we thoroughly enjoyed it yeah absolutely and then we got the four interviews that we had um and that we made so yeah so we hope you enjoy this episode um and uh We'll catch you on the next one. And thank you for downloading. Yeah. Thank you very much for downloading. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, give us any feedback and uh, anything that you, uh, uh, you've got from that or any questions, we could even put that to them. So yeah. uh, anyway, that's it from us. Yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the Big Scuba podcast. We are out on location. Hello. Yes, we are. We are at Halen Island. Where's Halen Island? Well, is right next door to one of the, the most historic ports in the UK on the south coast, right next door to Portsmouth. So that's where we are. Oh, we are uh, at Halen Island, looking out to the sea. Uh, if you went in the distance, we can see the Victorian uh, forts. Um, out what, further out would be the Isle of Wight. Isle of Wight, yeah. Yep. Uh, across the, across the way there is Southampton. Um, just in the distance, and we can see the the big sail um, iconic icon tower yeah. in Portsmouth. Yeah, it's a very blustery day. We've seen kite surfers and foilers out in the bay here. Why are we here today? We are here because the Mary Rose Museum is in Portsmouth on the old historic dockyard, and tonight they're hosting an event to launch the Mary Rose Dive 4D experience. Yeah. And uh, I'm full of cold. Yay. <laughs> Yay. I'm full of cold. Sierra will do you good. Lovely. So we've been invited to the event um, by the Mary Rose Trust. Um, they've featured in two pre well, a previous podcast. Yep. Um, so it launch, the launch event is tonight and then it goes live to the public tomorrow, 31st of March, 2023. It looks exciting. It looks really good. And it's cost a lot of money, it? Has, it has, yeah. yeah. It's and a big it's investment a, for them. All bells and whistles. So you sit in a seat. This is the story. And you um, the seats move and you get smells, you sensations. Got the, you've got to have the glasses on as well. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to experience this hopefully yeah. tonight. Uh, narrated. Um, is it all by Ross Kelly? No, some of it, I think. Right. Yeah. And... Uh, Tonight, um, some of the people at the event will be divers that actually were involved in the raising and the excavation of the Mary Rose. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see who we meet. Yeah, our previous guest, uh, Alexandra Hildred, will be there as well. Yes, we'll yeah. chat with her. 
and Sally Tyrrell. Um, she's um, head of like the social media side of things. Um, yeah. I've met her and she'll be there this evening as well. So it's going to be looking forward to it. Yeah, so um, we'll be hopefully adding to this episode uh, some interviews, all being well. Um, and uh, we don't know how it's really going to go. Uh, we're just going to turn up and uh, see who we can drag off to one side and yeah. have a chat with them. And uh, hopefully we will be able to get some interviews to uh, add to this podcast. Otherwise, you're going to have to put up with us. Yeah, we can tell you about the experience. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, right, uh, that'll be that do. It's time to get on. It's quarter past five and it's time to make our way. See you there. See you there. It's really a Portsmouth story. It's important we celebrate that. It was built in Portsmouth. It was crewed by people from Portsmouth. It defended Portsmouth against probably the, one of the biggest battles to ever come to Britain. So in terms of... Um, in terms of twice the size of the Spanish Armada when the French invaded in the Battle of Solon, and it defended. It sank in Portsmouth, was lost in Portsmouth, found again in Portsmouth, lost again in Portsmouth, found again in Portsmouth, excavated and raised in Portsmouth. So I think we're very right to call ourselves Portsmouth Mary Rose. And our, and our vision is to become the number one go-to place for Tudor life, maritime archaeology and conservation in the world. And we're so honoured because we get to care for and research the world's largest Tudor collection to tell the stories of Tudor life and, as you saw tonight, human endeavour for the inspiration, engagement and benefit of all. And we wanted to reach new audiences engaged differently, especially with a generation that didn't grow up watching the Mary Rose sink or... Sorry, didn't grow up watching the Mary Rose sink. <laughs> <laughs> So it's important we reach a new agency. So we started over two years ago with Figment Productions, who are here tonight. And we started with two projects. The first was 1545, which hopefully you experienced tonight. And the second was this amazing uh, 4D experience that we've done tonight. And it's the story of over 500 volunteers, divers, royal engineers, shore teams, who basically did everything they could to activate and, and raise the Mary Rose. And it uses Unreal Engine, which is state-of-the-art technology. So if you've got kids at home that use computer games, they're going to be so impressed that you saw this tonight, because this is what they're making all the latest computer games. Newly created CGI footage, original footage from BBC Chronicles, uh, and personal footage from the divers. It's a breath of fresh air for museums. And so we wanted all of our experience, all of our visitors experience it. 50 years ago, we raised, we discovered the Mary Rose. 40 years ago, it was raised, and today we tell the story and embark on our next chapter. Um, we've got so much more to tell from the Uncovering Our Secrets, the recent DNA diversity stories, the over 19,000 artefacts, and even one day maybe unlocking the starboard side of the museum, or even going back to the wreck site. However, we can't do that without everyone's help. The heritage sector and museums in particular have struggled since the pandemic, the cost of living, the energy crisis has become tougher. So, what we like to do is tell your friends, tell your friends' friends, tell your friends' friends' friends to come visit the Mary Rose Museum, to come visit Portsmouth Historic Dockyard, to come visit Portsmouth, right? This amazing city that we live in. And if not, to go visit any museum, because it's really important you get out there and you support the heritage sector. Now, I said I wasn't going to do any thank yous, but I think I would like to thank one person in particular, and that's our chairman, because he's doing all the other thank yous, um, and the rest of the Mary Rose Board, whose support they've given to me and the exec team to finish what we started with 1545, and dive the Mary Rose. So a quick thank you to Nigel and the New book, I do recommend it. It's amazing. Like, all the stuff you've seen tonight, and it's a limited edition, and I think she'll sign it tonight if you find her.
I started in 1978 uh, when they were still just using the catamaran right. uh, and then I carried on for five years Gosh. until 82 when it came up. So were you a uh, diver? Was I that kept, your job? No, no. I was, I, at the time I was doing a lot of work um, on, on, on super tankers and for every weekend I was away I got three and a half days leave. So I was able to accumulate a lot of extra time, wow. apart from my holiday. Um, so I, got, I came down as often as I could. And I worked out that uh, at the end of it all, I'd done about uh, just over a week underwater, about wow. 172 hours. That's amazing. And about 250 dives, something like that. Yeah. But um, no, it was a fascinating experience. So what was your role? Was it um, just surveying or did you uh, actually get involved? Well, in? excavating and surveying, yes. I mean, I think when you first go down there, it was the first, in 78, it was the first year that they were actually diving inside the wreck. Wow. Up to that time, they'd gone all around the outside to kind of delineate where all the timbers were. Yeah. And in 78, they had to make this decision whether to raise the wreck or not. And there was a concern that there was... Um, the ship could have been all broken up. So what they did, they dug two trenches, one at the bow and one at the stern, and measured the angle of the decks at both ends. And, thinking, and, and finding out that both were exactly the same within a degree gave a good indication that the rest of the wreck was intact, or some of it anyway. So at that point in 79, the Mary Rose Trust was formed. Um, instead of just going out every day in a little catamaran, with 12 divers, uh, they bought Sleipner with a dive platform, yeah. um, and you know the decision was made to raise raise the Mary Rose. That must have been really exciting. Well, it was. It was yeah. a totally different ballpark. You yeah. know, we were um, back in '79. We were just going out in the morning from seven in the morning and uh, up having one dive, and then coming back ashore about midday. Another. 12 divers would go out and they worked till 7 in the evening and we just did it that way. After that, in, after 78 and onwards, we were sleeping on board. We did 36 hours on, 36 hours off, two dives a day, one day off, two dives on. Must be pretty intense. Um, uh, and going, using airlifts um, and of course surveying any objects we found. And... Um, the deeper you got, uh, first of all, you found better and better things because they were better preserved because yeah. they had been covered up soon after the ship had sunk. Uh, but also, because you were going deeper and deeper into the wreck, uh, the dive time was shortened as well. Yeah. So by the time we got to 82, we were down at almost 60 feet um, with uh, only about 30-odd minutes dive time. Yeah. Um, and then having a six-hour break and diving again. So what's the most exciting thing you found? 
That's a question I get often. <laughs> it's very difficult to say. I found um, um, I found a tankard, which is in the first yeah. bit of the museum. I think the most interesting bit was we were diving in 82. Margaret, wants, we had to empty the ship in 82. So we were working 24 hours a day. So we were working through the night. To start with, we had underwater torches and lamps, but they, the, the batteries weren't charged up or the light bulbs went. So we ended with these little chemical lights where you snap. We had two of those tied to our life jacket and it was like a candle down there. Just going down like... <laughs> so, um, and I was diving around an area where the old galley was, a load of bricks, which yes, formed yeah, a brick. Yeah. And I was almost feeling my way, and I, I suddenly felt this object which was quite curvy, and I thought, this is like a kind of musical instrument, some kind of stringed instrument. Um, and it's very funny how your mind works, you know, you, you, you think of the strangest things. I had no idea what it was, so I put it in my bag, brought it up to the surface, and it was a pair of bellows, which is obvious place you might find by a galley. Yeah. Um, but that was pretty unique. You know, there was I think there may have been one more found there, but you know, to find something sometimes like shoes and things like that, you know, there's lots and lots of them or pewter pewter plates. Yes, yeah. Just amazing. Yeah, yeah, lots and lots, but no, a few things like that where not many were found. Yeah, we did an amazing job. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, yeah. I was quite sad when it came up because yeah. I thought, what the hell am I going to do now? Did you continue diving? Yes, yeah, yes. I I got involved in other dive projects. Um, there was a, a wreck of, of Hastings, uh, a Dutch East Indiaman called the Amsterdam, which I did some work on, and also um, I met a guy from Oxford University who was working on some wrecks very early wrecks in Italy and I, 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 was, uh, I took a dive team from my club in Oxford uh, to help out for a, for a month on an Etruscan wreck, 600 BC, wow. off, the, uh, off the coast of uh, Giglio, small island Giglio. Yeah, must be amazing to have been so, involved in the Mary Rose and then it led to something else. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I did other little small jobs, but yeah, yeah no, Excellent. great yeah. stuff. So, hello, I'm at the Mary Rose uh, 4D dive experience and with me I have Leslie. And Leslie, can you just quickly tell me a bit about yourself? Uh, yes, I'm Leslie Runnels. Um, I, I have a PhD in marine geology and I fly for British Airways past Concorde for 25 years. <laughs> you can see more than a foot or half a meter away from you. And then at the end of the uh, excavation, I could take people around on what we called a tour, uh, and we could see across, 10 meters across the ship, which was amazing. Yeah. So how did you come to dive on Mary Rose? What was your background? Well, I was really interested in diving and underwater photography. And Margaret Rawl asked me to join the project um, early on. So I came down and did some uh, studies at uh, South Sea University to kick on and all that. And we went off on the um, small boat, the catamaran, 
just working basically at weekends and then during the school holidays. But I, I was flying on Concorde at that time, so it was quite complicated for me to um, organise my time. So I was up at 60,000 feet <laughs> um, or under the ocean at 40 metres. Uh, so there was a really interesting combination. So during uh, the latter years of the raising of the Mary Rose, um, I managed to get British Airways to give me dispensation, but unpaid leave. Um, and so I was down the whole time. So when I was working at Mary Rose, um, I only was able to work when it was not spring tide. So when it was spring tide, I went up in the air on Concord and flew at 60,000 feet to America, to Washington, uh, to Barbados, to New York, all of those exciting places. Wow. And I had to scrub up really well because I was only under the ocean for quite a bit of time. <laughs> it's just such extremes. And then come back. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So how did you cope with the conditions underwater? Was it cold? I mean, the cold and the... It was jolly chilly, very chilly, and coming back in at the beginning of the season, in early, early March, I remember coming for my first dive, I was so cold, my feet were freezing, and I went to this lovely lover Cliff Ayres, who had a dye shop in Portsmouth, and I said, Cliff, I cannot cope, I need, I need a dry suit immediately, overnight, and he said, Leslie, I can only do one thing overnight, is a very, very thick wet suit for you, and it'll be ready in the morning. I went, thank you, thank you. And the next morning I collected it, I was underwater, and I worked for the next six months. Nice really, and warm. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say nice and warm, but much, much more comfortable. Yeah. Yes, he was a wonderful man, and uh, so, so good with things like that, yeah. Yeah, it must have just been amazing just to see this evening as well, what you've seen on the screen. Did it bring it all back? I absolutely loved the film. I thought it was excellent. Um, it wasn't too technical. No. And I think for younger people, that is probably the best. If you have it too techy, they, they won't be interested. But I think it opened that door and inspired to say... Come on, let me know a little bit more. And my granddaughter is now 11, and she's so excited. She's been to see the museum. She's now done her paddy underwater. And she is really, really keen to get underwater and explore exciting projects. And I think that film has opened it up for so many people never maybe even considered it. Not academics, not sport divers, but just that element of excitement and it's, yeah, it's perfect, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So did you continue diving after you finished on oh, the Oh yeah, I'm still well. diving now. I'm still doing research. Well, I'm a doctor of science, um, marine geology, and it was only through the Mary Rose that I actually did my PhD. So all those wonderful people in the early years of the Marys inspired me to study like a crazy girl. And I took my box. That's amazing. And now I'm helping other people to do the same sort of thing. Yeah. And it's great to see people's journey after doing the oh, diving and now where you are now. Totally, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Amazing, amazing project. And I think it will 
it was so much excitement to so many new people, yeah. particularly young sisters, that's what we need, isn't exactly. it? Exactly, absolutely, yes, yeah. yeah. And, and women divers as well. Yes. Totally, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, it's been great talking to you, and yeah, yeah thank you very and, much. And also, of course, I was through this and other things that I got involved in the Women Divers Hall of Fame. Really? Which is a big American yeah. thing, but to be, I think, one of only two UK people to be enrolled we met in the... Christine a couple weeks ago. Christina Zanato. That's right, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think I was in about 10 odd years ago, so quite exciting and not expected because it's not something we hear in UK no, about, is it? No. So Women Divers Hall of Fame and I think there's a couple of people in this community that need I need to promote to get them in there as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely, because it's yeah, a great institution yeah. to be yeah. 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 It is. It is hard work to get there, very fulfilling, and if you can explore other people to yeah. enjoy that as well, I think yeah. it's worth it. Yeah, no, brilliant, really brilliant. Yeah, very inspiring. Thank you. That's alright. alright. <laughs> yeah, lovely. No, that was amazing. And that was like a real surprise saying about the Women Divers Hall of Fame. Okay, so um, I'm here with another participant on the Merry Rose. What's your name, please? Um, Berit Antonsen. Great. It's a Norwegian name. Right, okay. So how, what was your involvement in the Mary Rose and when did you start diving? I met Margaret Rule in at the conference on underwater archaeology in, in early 79, 1979. And I was listening to her presentation and I was wondering whether I could ask her, did I dare ask her to just have a dive on the Mary Rose, it sounded so fascinating. And I myself, I've been a student in underwater archaeology and had been diving on the wreck in Plymouth, and this conference was in Plymouth. And she had listened to my presentation about my wreck I was diving on. And before I knew it, she came up to me and asked if I'd come and work for her as an underwater archaeologist in, on the um, Mary Rose. And it was my wish come true. I, been dreaming about it, I've heard about it, I've read about it, and here it is, I'm being invited to come and work. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So how many years were you diving, Mary Rose? That was in 79. Um, I left in 81. Um, I was pregnant then, and I didn't want to no. dive while I was pregnant. I know that somebody else did, but I didn't want to do it. Yeah, it was a choice, isn't yes. it? Are you going to um, so what was your day like on the Mary Rose? Oh, yeah, in, in the summer when it was light early and late, so do you wake up at five in order to be the first one in the water because if you find it right, you could be under for one hour and work and come up and have a break and then go down at midday without having to decompose, I never said decompose, decompress, decompress, <laughs> and be down there for another hour and then wait for six hours and be for the, the last dive on the, on the day for another hour, so you could squeeze in three hours. Yes. Yeah. You had to, to be up early and you're late to bed, and so you had volunteer divers and we had a fantastic people coming to, to dive with us 
and they were shown around the site and taught how to use the airlift by a team of divers who stayed with us. And um, so you were allocated your divers, and you had I had about six or seven dives which I could use during the day. And um, I would then brief them on the dive platform and they would go in and do the work. And if they were relatively new, I would go down and check on them outside my dive time. And um, so you, you're very relying on the other people doing the airlift and to understand how, how careful they have to be. Yes. And they mustn't kneel on the seabed because there could be something precious yeah. underneath them where they could break easily. And also, you have to teach them how to lift anything because you have to lose you have to loosen it from the from the trench and the bottom, and then you have to find a receptacle for it so you could lift it up because when you then hit the surface, it was wavy and it could fall out. Around. Yes. Yeah. So that was quite important that you had the right thing to to lift it with. And then it came up, and when they came up from their dive, they had to write a log, and they had to make sure that the points they had brought up had been given a points number so that could be related to their dive and where they were diving. It's very involved, isn't it? It, yeah. it is. It yeah. is. But we were very lucky. We had a conservationist on board. He was sort of under deck, and um, he was the one who gave it a number and logged it and everything. So it was well set up. Yes. Yeah. And um, no, it, it was... Being outdoors, diving, doing archaeology, which I love and love history, and um, yeah, it, it was a dream come true. Yeah. And meeting all these lovely people and other people interested, and we had so much fun. It, it didn't feel like work. No, exactly. You get that impression from yes. it, and it must be great to see everybody here tonight. Oh, familiar faces. Yeah. They, we are friends for life. We, like the group there, John and Leslie and David. We are, we are friends. Yeah, that's really lovely. And what did you think of the 4D experience? I liked it. I, I liked they had got the green quite good because I was worried it might be a blue, which it was never blue because it's so. <laughs> it, it's the soul. And, and yeah, I thought it was good. What I thought could be made better, maybe less on the lifting and more on the archaeology because some people doesn't quite understand the concept of the airlifts. Yeah. And how, how can you put an airlift down there and, and hoover it and how does that do and to show how, how gentle you have to be even though it, it's the seabed and how easily plants can be just underneath the surface so you have to be so careful where you put your knees when you're kneeling and, and uh, even when you are sort of swimming around you mustn't stir the silt up because yeah. you don't know what's underneath there and uh, yeah it, it's uh, Hopefully it will inspire people to kind of look at diving and yeah, what the possibilities are. Yeah. Yes, that's what I was feeling. If we had more air, an airlift and undercover stuff on the pier, maybe we'd sort of encourage younger people to come and yeah. into the into the sector. Yeah. But obviously it's an expensive thing to do because you have to have all these sort of safety things in yes. place. Yeah. And then all the air and all the staff and 
all the security. But, uh, it's an amazing thing, and I think and it's yes. just amazing to talk to you and you know some of the other divers. And, yeah, yeah and just about your enthusiasm. Yeah, and then every time there's something like this happening, we are here and we are yeah. meeting each other again, and we're going to go have something to eat and drink, and it'll yes. be a late yeah. evening again. Yeah, well, yeah. thank you for talking to us. It's, been been a uh, yeah, it's really good to hear. Yeah, it's still alive. <laughs> yes. We have to make sure that we pass on the knowledge exactly, yeah. before it's too late. Yeah. We are conscious of that. Yeah. No, thank you very much. Pleasure. Okay. okay, so I'm here with Alex Hildred. Welcome, Alex Hildred, and it's been thank an amazing you. evening, so thank you for inviting us. Thanks for coming, Jim. It was yeah. so exciting to be on the Big Scuba podcast before, and I'm so pleased you've come yeah. today. Well, I think you're part of the podcast family now. <laughs> so just for um, people that are watching this and listening to you, so what was your involvement in the Mary Rose, and how long were you a diver? Well, I joined in 1979, having done the, the fewest number of open water dives you could ever do to do it, because I'd been an archaeologist, a land archaeologist, and quite a lot of land archaeologists, and suddenly I was told that this project was available to take volunteer divers. So halfway through the 1979 season, I applied to work as a volunteer diver because there were, there were sessions going on all the neat times in order yeah. to get the best visibility on the mirror side. And uh, suddenly I got it, it was like the last season or the last session on the Mary Rose. And, and we got stranded on the boat, Margaret Wu and a few of the archaeologists there. And because I was an archaeologist, I was helping to do stuff. And she just said, well, you know, why don't you stay on afterwards? Oh, okay. And that was 1979, so that was a long time ago. Yeah, and did you go right, you went right through to the end, 1982? Well, right, 1982, but then I've still been full-time star, you know, I was full-time star from 79 until now. Yeah. So it was 82, but then we had a whole lot of monitoring of the site. And with, with objects, over 800 objects, this lifted between 82 and 2002, which is when the Ministry of Defence decided they would try and put a channel through a new channel to get the aircraft carriers through. And so we got, on the back of their mitigation strategy, money to do three years' work. Again, working on the Mario site, where well, we found some really exciting things. Yeah. So, and I think that's what people maybe don't realise. They think, oh, it's lifted, it, and then no work. No, no, no. Carried but on. you have to, because actually, you know, we left a hole in the seabed, and we never found the bow of the Mary Rose. We never found the stem, the big timber that comes up and yeah. does it. And so we wouldn't, we couldn't afford to actually go and have excavation seasons. But what we had to do was just go and dive and look at what was happening regarding the erosion on the, of the site. And so when when we had we had several bits of funding, some from looking at, at um, reburial strategies and various scientific things, which we had to actively look for. Yeah. So this is really boring stuff, but, but important. Yeah. And then when this threat came from the, the huge aircraft carriers, yeah, which were just behind yeah. us in the, in, um, in the, just outside the naval base, um, and so we got funding to look for the bow castle and found some really important things, including yeah. structure of the side that we didn't expect. So, yeah. so it's great. So it still continues. It still continues, and we still we've had so many volunteer people who started as volunteer divers here today. Probably about twenty in total from the five hundred, and uh, all of them have huge stories yeah. and excitement. And they, and they came as scuba divers. And some just of them normal were scuba divers. Just normal scuba divers. Not all of them. A couple of them were archaeologists. Some of them were recruiters, archaeologists, but the bulk of them were just scuba divers, and it's changed their lives. Yeah, it's, it's inspiring, and it just shows where diving can lead. It does, it does. Whether it's biology, whether it's marine biology, whether it's just pure scientific analysis, of, you know, the 
change in temperature in the sea or whatever, or whether it's archaeology or, yeah, it's yeah. just great. Well, we've had a great time this evening. The well, 4D experience was amazing, and yeah, thank you well, for inviting just, us. We just wanted to show people what we tried to feel like when we were doing yeah. the various <laughs> difficult things like lifting the ship, and that's yeah. very hard to do other than yeah. the way we think we've done it. So, no. thanks for coming. No, you're very really welcome, and thank you. For, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Thank you. Right, we're back. We are back from being at the uh, the Mary Rose Museum and what watching the 4D experience. Oh, it was awesome, wasn't it? Yeah, really good. Um, so totally recommend it. Uh, we've had a great night. We have. We've met some amazing people. Um, it was super well attended. Uh, some real characters, and we've spoken to some. We've been fed. We have fed and watered. <laughs> Hospitality was great. Uh, whole atmosphere was great. Great speeches at the end um, from um, thanking people. Yeah. And, and yeah. then we got to speak to some divers who dived back in 1979. Yeah, one of them. <laughs> he was 82. 82. Ted. <laughs> yes. And still diving at 82. He died last dived last year. He did, yeah. So we spoke to him. We spoke to a guy called Colin. Ted well. Clamp, was it? Ted Clamp, yeah. Ted Clamp. Yep. Look him up. He's um, quite. He was quite a character right at the end of the speeches. He gave three cheers uh, for the whole team that who were involved in raising, raising up, yes, raising the ship. Yep. And he um, highly uh, recommended that the women were the best divers. Well. And were the most best behaved because apparently, uh, oh, the light's gone out. Uh, apparently, um, some of the uh, male divers used to come up late. So, yeah, uh, broke the rules. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, so we spoke to another uh, diver, Colin, um, and then we spoke to two ladies, um, Leslie and Bertie, um, and they were just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, with their stories. Um, Leslie was even a stewardess on Concord. That must be awesome, wasn't yeah. it? So you think Concord. One of the things she was saying, wasn't it, is that one minute she was up sixty thousand feet high, and the next minute she was down at you know thirty feet. Imagine being there. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was an amazing evening, and yeah, the Mary Rose. Um, if you book it up to go and you see the ship, um, there's three red tags, and they were. Didn't know what they were for, did no, you? No, no, and the, they were the first three um, bits of wood that were discovered by the diver, and then from that moment, the whole wreck. Can you imagine being a diver? You're going along, and you, th you think, what's those bits of wood sticking up from the seabed? Yeah. And then you uncover a bit more and a bit more, and the thing keeps going, and you think, hang on a minute. Yeah. And that, in the 4D experience, the... Uh, where you sit down and watch the screen, that that appeared, you could see those bits of wood, and then yeah. it showed the uncovery of um, the wreck. There's bubbles. Yeah, there's bubbles. There's wind. There's, there's vibrating wind. seats. Vibrating seats, uh, which I was like, "What's that noise?" And I realised the seat and everything is moving. Yeah, it was like you were on a dive boat, and then they vibrated again when um, I think it was the lifting bit, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 and. Um, there's part because part of the frame like collapses, doesn't it? As part mm. of the, you know, when you uh, when you sort it, when you go back to the raising of it, part of the framework uh, collapses due to the sheer weight. Yeah, and even um, King Charles, he actually did dive the Mary Rose, didn't he? I didn't realise he was no. a diver. No, so potential guest. Wow, could we get what the 
could could our uh, little podcast be uh, graced by the king, <laughs> yes. king of England? Yeah, but overall, it was, uh, and it was great to see Alex Hildred. Um, she appeared on our podcast just recently. Yeah. And Sally Tyrrell as well. He yeah. did an amazing job organising this. Event. There are some great characters there. And, uh, you know, there's the true spirit of what happens when a team of people of from all walks of life, but with all the, with the same dream and goal, when they all get together, miracles can happen. And um, yeah. will that ever be repeated and get the rest of it up? No, and Bertie at the end, uh, she just said that they all, you know, they're best friends, and yeah, and that, it's a that's dive probably team the most important thing, isn't yeah, it? It's you know, a dive team that stemmed from over forty years ago. Yeah, yeah, and uh, a lot can happen in forty years. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, very inspiring. Yeah, I've got a cold, by the way. <laughs> You've stood up really hardly, well. You've stood up. I've hardly <laughs> mentioned it at all, but I have man flu. <laughs> You've done well, considering it's been quite a long day. It's not COVID. I did a test before I went in there, before anyone thinks it. No. So it's 10 o'clock in the evening, and we've got a four-hour drive ahead of us. Yeah, blimey. It's going to be a late one by the time we finish. Mm. Oh, well, never mind. It's been worth it. It's been good fun, and I wouldn't <laughs> have missed it for the world. So uh, it's been absolutely brilliant. Um, so, again, thanks to the Mary Rose team for inviting us and letting us do some recording. We've got some... Yeah. We've done some recording, uh, some interviews, and they'll be out uh, on the podcast and hopefully on the YouTube. Um, we've done some other bits and pieces, which they'll be on social media. Yes. Great to see the aircraft carrier. I think that's the Prince of Wales uh, yeah, in position. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Um, and also great to see the Victory uh, as well. What an amazing, yeah. amazing shit. That was amazing to walk around the back of it and see the... Horatio Nelson's flagship. Yeah, I think one of the Cambridge colleges is based. One of the halls is based on that ship. Yeah, Queen's College. Yeah, what an amazing ship when Britain ruled the waves. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's uh, all from us. I think. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So that's it. Time to head hit the road. Need a cup of tea now. Thanks for downloading and thanks for listening. And any questions about the Mary Rose? Point this way, and we'll get them to the people that know yeah no guests well not, no guests is what we normally do it's been a bit of a special one this one yeah keep so, it, uh, a bit variety. Keep it, keeping it real and uh, as they as the cool kids say we're cool kids yeah anyway moving on catch you later thanks for downloading <laughs> thanks for listening don't forget to leave a review see you on the next one bye